Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 136. Hi, I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Tony Stevie Wonder Cats. Hello. Thank you for having me. Feels good to have, uh, I got these shades on to block out my haters, but also because I'm blind. And scare away some of the goblins, because oh. it is Halloween season. Absolutely. I thought they were ghouls. <laughs> Maybe they were ghouls, ghouls last time. Goblins. They were goblins this time. Oh, last and second script change. Speaking of that goblin, <laughs> we've got off-road. <laughs> uh, sh- what did I call you? Gray shirt Blues Andy. Traveler Andy. The Blues. Thank you. I want, from the beginning, people to know that I also am worthy of, of Music Legend. You can play uh, harmonica like it's nobody's business. Now, uh reason we're kind of struggling with our words is we were recording, but we weren't being picked up quite too nicely on the mic, so we uh, had to restart. We had a great intensity first round, and I think we came close. We didn't quite match it. We definitely didn't exceed it, but uh here's to uh, getting in even in better. Yeah, this is all new from this point on. Mm-hmm. I did make a, a note to uh, Tony's uh, monster shirt. They're all playing poker. Oh, I believe yes. they're playing poker, right? They're playing, uh, yeah, poker. And it's a, it's a good shirt. I thought I'd wear it today for October 1st. Honestly, I, it'll probably go straight back into my drawer because I've just been lounging around the house. So yeah. there's no reason not to wear it again. Tomorrow? This week? Day. Honestly, yeah, maybe Get it tomorrow. out there. The people want to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We might have to put a, sh- a photo of you with the glasses, the mic, on the Tony's dot take yeah, next Instagram. to the big clock. Yeah, uh, but this is our sports pod. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. And uh, we also do entertainment pods. If you didn't know, but uh, we've got a lot of sports. Let's just jump right on in on this uh, spooky October first day. Yeah, All righty. We've got a breaking report. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, speak, spooky, I think, was the perfect word for, uh, I guess, the Brewers tonight. I'm always spooked by Josh Hader. I mean, yeah. the fastball, the hair. So, there's a lot there. Well, just to recap that really quick, it was the Nationals and the Brewers just now, finished not even roughly 20 minutes ago now. And uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, pretty big underdogs tonight. You know, they. Nationals had Scherzer going, and just from the get-go, Scherzer did not have it tonight. He did not look like his dominant Max Scherzer self. He started the game off with a walk and then a two-run home run, which is always tough, especially in the playoffs, to get off to that bad start. And then uh, he gives up a home run in the second inning to Eric Thames, so now all of a sudden the score is 3-0. He was giving up hits, and then finally he started to settle down and ended up shutting them out for the next three innings. And... Uh, Strasburg comes into the game in the sixth and dominated for three innings. So we'll get to the action. It's the bottom of the eighth. Nationals are down three to one. And the Brewers bring in their big guy, Josh Hader from the bullpen, the guy that everybody loves, the guy that usually shuts the door. But uh, Council might have brought him in an inning too early because sometimes those guys, if it's not really that safe situation, they just don't have it as much. Even though it's the playoffs, you would think so, but... I swear to you, more times than not, it feels like they just don't end up having it. And uh, Josh Hader looked a little wild, but I think he, I want to say he got the first guy out. He definitely got the first guy out. He struck out Robles. And then I almost want to say. He hit a guy and walked. So that's right. He hit Turner. I mean, Taylor. And then he got a Turner out. 
And then that's when Zimmerman got the bloop single, pinch hit, broken bat, bloop single. And then Rendon walked. And then Juan Soto comes up, rips one to right field, base hit, scores two, and the right fielder misplays it. The ball goes under his glove. And with two outs, everyone's running. Rendon scores from first, 4-3 in Washington. And then in the top of the ninth, they bring in a reliever to shut the door. And now the Nationals go on and play. Your Los Angeles Dodgers, Andy, and uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I definitely had some mixed feelings with this game. I remember when when I told you, I think last week, when the Brewers made the run, looked like they were going to get the wild card that was set up perfectly. The Brewers, you know, win a fluke game, a close one, and then they're left without Yelich, not much of a rotation, and the Dodgers have an easy round one. And on the other side, Agreed. I was afraid of the Nationals. I think they're the second best team in the NL. I agree with Their that rotation also completely. can't be matched. Um, they may be more nervous than any other team, but then I was there and I was, I said, I feel bad, bad for the Nationals fans that they've had good teams the last decade, haven't been able to do anything with it. Yeah. And in the, when we were watching that game in the seventh, eighth inning, we were already talking about uh, that. We basically thought it was going to be the Brewers. And I'll tell you what, if we would have started this podcast uh, right when uh, we were going to, if we wouldn't have finished out that game, we would have probably given out some fake news on this. We probably would have said, oh, it's probably going to be Milwaukee and the Dodgers, and we would have been wrong. So I'm actually glad, you know, we got to finish that game. It was a great game. It's a great start to playoff baseball. That's a great way to kick in October. And I liked uh, Ernie Johnson had a line that I really liked tonight. And he said, once you flip over the calendar to October, these fans go on their feet for a one-two count. It was like the bottom of the third inning or top of the third inning. It was a one-two count, and the whole crowd was on their feet. And it's like that is the beauty of playoff baseball. Playoff baseball brings – a lot of energy. I've been to some of those playoff angel games. I'm sure you've been to some playoff games. And like I said, no, you haven't. Well, Andy, you're missing out, my friend. Have you been to any playoff games of anything? Uh, a few Clippers games. Okay. Well, I'm sure that energy was good. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. Because I know I was at the game. One of the loudest I've ever heard of stadium was when I was at the Ducks game against like the Blackhawks and also a couple years prior against the Red Wings. When they were down like, I want to say like four to one in that game and came back and tied it. And that place went absolutely berserk. So, yeah, those uh, playoff games are fun. The Nationals fans definitely went crazy. They were oh, throwing yeah. beer up in the air after that. Yeah, that actually looked like a great time. Yeah. Sure I would have been partaking and throwing sure the beer was, also. Yeah, I'm sure it was cold. Who cares? And so they, haven't, yeah. they hadn't won a closeout game in six straight tries, it said. So. Wow. Good for them. Yeah. So they will be facing the Dodgers, and then tomorrow we have the Oakland A's versus the Tampa Bay Rays in Oakland. And that should be, honestly, that should be a game probably similar to as good as tonight's game. Should be a close without. Changes. Yeah, will be some pitching changes. Both teams have solid bullpens. Both teams are very analytical teams, too. They like to really do fun things. I don't know how else to really say it, but should be good. Yeah, they're the two, the two uh, low-budget teams that have to kind of figure things out, and... I'm happy that one of them is actually going to get into the real playoffs, but it's also sad that one of them won't after uh, good seasons. I know Oakland's always hovering around here. Tampa Bay for the last few years seems to be always hovering around the spot too. So I don't know. either way, I'm happy for one team and I'll be sad for the other. And then who knows? You just got to get in there because neither one's going to be favored against Houston, who is going into this, you know, these playoffs as a pretty big favorite. It seems like. That especially with uh, the Yankees losing one of their top pitchers yeah, to uh, suspension, 
that it just seems like they're definitely the big favorite in the AL. And just a, and they're a big favorite overall. And like, Yeah, I, I have a tough time seeing Houston losing. I think this team is better than that team that won the World Series in 2017 just because I feel like they're – I mean, they have a Garrett Cole this time. But, hey, the way you pitch in the play in the regular season, though, or the way you hit in the regular season doesn't always go into the playoffs. You know, we almost saw that firsthand tonight. It almost looked like Brewers were going to somehow win with a team that, honestly, was surprised they even snuck into the playoffs. I thought for sure it was going to be the Cubs. But uh, we'll see. should be a good, good rest of the playoffs. There will be some good matchups. And who knows, maybe we'll get a surprise. Maybe the Braves will do something. Or maybe the Cardinals even. The Cardinals are one of those teams that always play well in October, so. Should be good. I'm excited. It's October. We've got hockey actually starts tomorrow. Uh, basketball starts the 22nd. So this is that time of the year where sports are a lot of fun. Can't wait for basketball. Yeah, this is always the like the biggest sports time because you've got that yeah playoff baseball, heart of the football season, college and pros. Yeah, and hockey and basketball. It also gets to that point again. where you start getting those random Tuesday night Mac games for college football for all us degenerate yeah. gamblers out there. Those games are honestly, they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. But so uh, I think we had some uh, moving on to some NBA. Well, before we go there, how about we talk a little bit of college, specifically California? Well, there wasn't a lot uh, this week in college football that was any big news, I would say. Just everyone keeps winning. Yeah. It's just kind of Clemson looked, almost, though. Yeah. That, that, that was, was the close. first time where Clemson looked. Beatable, and they honestly, Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked that great all year. But uh, Ohio State continues to dominate. That was an impressive victory against in Nebraska. Uh, Alabama just looks like they have fun. One of their receivers, just the receiver, caught five touchdowns. So they seem like they're just having a blast. Uh, LSU won with ease again. Uh, Wisconsin had an ugly game, but thanks to their defense, ended up making it look like they beat Northwestern by better than they actually really did because that defense had two defensive scores in the second half, and they really didn't move the ball too well against Northwestern. And I don't know if that was just one of those letdown games where you just come off a nice big emotional win against Michigan by kicking their ass, and then you go at home against – you stay at home and you're going against a Northwestern team that you feel like you don't want to respect, but Northwestern's one of those teams that actually play teams very well, especially when they're underdogs. There was a stat that said the last – 18 times that Northwestern has been a double-digit underdog, they're actually uh, 10-8 and eight straight up. Yeah. So not even just against the spread, just actually straight up. So they, they always have some value to put on them when they're big dogs. They, uh, they seem like they like that underdog role. they got some good coaches there that, let, that know how to fire them up, apparently. Yeah, but what we were referring to before was the new law that was yeah. passed that uh, – is going to allow college athletes to profit off their likeness. You you never expect California to be the tip of the spear in the right direction on anything legislation-wise. Well, I would, but... And holy moly, I was actually blown away. California is the first state to allow players to make money. USC, UCLA, Stanford, there you go. So right now, I mean, it's not it's not instant. No, no, nothing there's, ever There's going to be a waiting but... period. All all the colleges are against it. Of course, the NCAA is against it. Well, yeah, of course. So, They're going to lose so much goddamn yeah. money. It's going to be interesting, this fight that's going to happen over the next few years on how this is actually going to work. Um, if you remember, the uh, there used to be a football game called NCAA Football. 
I'm sure Tony remembers. Oh, yeah. I've played a lot of those. You had, you know, player number 82, and it was like, well, that's clearly this guy. But they never had him, and somehow the video game company was making tons of money. I'm sure the NCAA was making tons of money. Yeah. But the guys who they're pretending aren't them got We're zero. zip. Yeah. So I think it, now this would allow them to make something on the side, and yeah. I think it, it, this is long overdue. I know uh, Reddick, big fan of uh, his, hopefully he's a fan of ours, he's been <laughs> talking about this for years. I remember hearing him on a podcast maybe in 2015 saying he was you know, going to bat for this um, because obviously his jersey's probably sold like goddamn hotcakes. Also, well, it's still gotta, one of my favorite players of all time in college. I like him more than I like Zion. Well, did you see him this weekend? Yeah, good. Good. I, I thought I had a laugh. I liked it. Um, the pioneer here, though, was uh, LeBron. Ed O'Banion, he, not LeBron. Mm. LeBron's probably want to get himself on in this. Fifty K as high school. Ed O'Banion's the guy who who sued the NCAA, and this is past his way past his prime. Um, but the thing is, he was a star college basketball player who didn't really make it in the NBA. And that's how a lot of these people are. Danny Manning's up there. Christian Leitner. A lot of those guys, big. Kwame Brown? Actually, he was high school, but yeah. still. Kwame. Greg Oden. Think about Greg Oden. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, for, for from his perspective, like he probably could have got more money in endorsements when he's playing at UCLA than I can already tell his you NBA career. right now why LeBron is pushing this also because he he's hates NCA and Rich Paul and all that well, shit. Also, his son. Yeah. His son is yeah. going to be a freshman, right? I believe, this year, at uh, or is a freshman right now at uh, it's crazy. wherever they go. Somewhere in LA, Santa Monica or something. No, it's yeah. that. What's that school, Andy? You know, Sierra Canyon. Canyon. Yeah, I knew it's something Canyon. Yeah. But uh, he's there with what, like Dwayne Wade's son or something? Scotty Pippen's. Son, yeah, there's a handful of them. Yeah, no, they're gonna never lose a game. Sean Kep's son, I'm sure, one of them at least. How Scotty Pippen still have a kid in high school? Because he's Scotty Pippen, he's gonna he can fuck who he wants. Yeah, Rick Barry had a kid in college like three years ago. Rick Barry fucking played From in like the NBA 62? in like the seventies <laughs> or eighties or something. <laughs> But uh, I love this. I do too. I mean, and also I think it should help a little bit. I mean, it'll still probably always be some corruption where certain players are getting bribed to go no, certain that's places. Go but away. but I think this could at least help a little bit because a lot of these kids, a lot of these are good athletes. Not all of them come from well-off families or even middle-class families. A lot of like them most come of them from don't. A lot of them come from dirt poor stuff. So it's like, hey, they don't have any money. So it's. Kind of like, oh, well, here's an extra few thousand on the side. You know, it helps them. But now if it's like, hey, you're that good athlete and, hey, I'm getting money for my name being on NCAA basketball or this or my jerseys get sold at your local sporting goods store or something or online. And, you know, because think about think about how many Zion Duke jerseys oh, would shit, have been right? sold last year. And like you said, Reddick back in the day, Leitner, even like Shane Battier. There's been a lot of good uh, college stars that – uh like Andy said, they don't. The pros don't end up being the best for them. I'm telling you, they charge you a hundred bucks for a fucking bio book that is useless the next year. You can't even sell. That place is a goddamn. It's corrupt as fuck. And I, well, I love I'm just this. confusing two different, way different organizations. College in general is bullshit. So okay, yeah, I love it. That's I'm for excited. another podcast, though. Yeah, check out our. We'll get uh, we'll get Joe on for that one. <laughs> Let him tell you. He actually school, was just complaining. Uh, Oh, this is all stuff that's irrelevant for everybody listening, but the people that do know him, he was actually just complaining recently about how he went on a little rant about the college system. 
even though he's not a part, technically a part of it. Yeah, I don't know, but he was upset about something. Again, that's for a later pod. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, inching in the right direction. Still can't believe California was uh, leading the charge on that. But uh, let's talk NBA basketball because it will be here soon. But we will be shy, a player or even two. Yeah, this is just brief injuries. Local news stuff is that uh, Paul George and Kyle Kuzma both going to start the season out most likely. I mean, Paul George, I think you already said, is going to be out. And uh, we knew it before because he had shoulder surgery. They just never really wanted to say anything. But they said this last weekend that he's targeting a November return date. So it means he's not going to be out more than a month. Yeah, not too far away. Could be a month. Kuzma's just out indefinitely. So that just means they don't have a timetable on it. He's just out right now. They don't know when he'll return. an ankle injury for him, right? And uh, And this is why no one wanted to play for Team USA. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he got hurt, yeah. So, I mean, uh, he'll be uh, coming back in, I would guess, sometime November. I think they made it seem like he's going to be out for October, which is, you know, so he'll probably miss five, six games start the season or so. Not the biggest deal. But, yeah, definitely this early in the season doesn't matter. They still have a couple guys that will do just fine. But I'll tell you, Kyle Kuzma looked pretty good in those uh, shooting-wise, at least. It looks like he's worked on his three-point shot a good amount. So he looked good in those – a couple of the moments I saw him play in the little World Cup thing, he was hitting some threes. So can't wait. Clay Thompson, they're saying after All Star break. Earlier than I had expected to hear, but that'll end up being roughly nine months. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it. I mean, the All Star games really in mid February. You figure they say after, so how vague is that? So maybe he comes back mid early mid March. And that ends up being nine months since the injury, which is, I feel like, typic- your typical ACL timetable, isn't it? Typically I guess I don't really think months. about the distance between the injury and how far away the All-Star game is. Yeah. Oh, I it's exciting. It, I can't yeah. wait for the NBA to start. Uh, this is going to be a good year. And honestly, a lot of those bad teams, and we know this from playing our NBA t- uh, 2K20, uh, a lot of the, these the bad teams like the Suns, the Kings, it's like, yeah, they're probably still not going to be that great, but they're they're getting better. They got yeah. they're getting potential, and the league's going to definitely be a lot more exciting this year. And I'm very excited for it. Oh yeah, yeah. and I've got some uh, potential NBA news for you guys. Oh, Andy so might be signing so with after the, Bucks. the after the show. I want you to remind me. I have. In case uh, I forget. So speaking of the Bucks, I saw. Oh yes, Brooke and Bucks new signed Robin Lopez at Disneyland. I saw him on Sunday. Far away from Milwaukee, but yeah. here nonetheless. Which just goes to show you it's funny that you get guys like that that Stick yeah, they, like they play in Milwaukee. Over there. Well, that also, but they play in Milwaukee and you just know that when it's not the season, they're like, Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm not staying. Well, they're in from Milwaukee. here, so I know, but I'm saying I'm sure there's a lot of people that that play for Milwaukee that are not staying in Milwaukee. Because yeah, Milwaukee, definitely. honestly, is a pretty big that whole area is a big sports town. Wisconsin is surprisingly a big Popular sports area. The Bucks are a good team. The Brewers are a good team, even though they lost tonight. They've still been a successful team. They didn't have their best player. The Green Bay Packers are a good team. It's so it's uh it's kind of crazy that that small little random area. And then right now their college football team is very good. So yeah, anyway, Marquette I asked, basketball. Marquette basketball has its moments. They have that Marcus yeah. Howard man. I asked them both to uh, join us tonight, but they were. Uh, could you imagine if they were just like well, fucking? We'll unfortunately, do it. unavailable. Yeah, I think they have training camp now. Yeah, you know, Brooke was wearing his Bucks shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Thought that was funny. Uh, I've heard they're uh, frequent attendees. They love that shit. I uh, also they look like kind of like 
nerdy people. Not he walked up. So nerdy, I was but. in line for the hot dog place. I got a pastrami hot dog. It was so goddamn good. Uh, but he came up and took a photo of the place I was in line for. Big old nerd. His brother kept walking. He on his Instagram, I got Sean Thompson of Tony Stewart. Yeah, he tagged us. <laughs> Actually, and also, we did get spotted into something, right? Someone- yeah, so uh, celeb sightings of Instagram, of, of Disneyland, rather. Uh, something like that. One of those pages, they uh, reposted our thing. I also, Andy, you'll like this. I sat next to, well, not next to her, but next to her squad, Busy Phillips on uh, Star Tours. Mm-hmm. She had like nine people, mostly kids, with her. She's still mad about her show being canceled. Which show was canceled? She had like a Netflix talk show or something. Oh, who was this? Maybe it was an e talk show. So she was on Freaks and Geeks. She was on what's like she she most. You know who else was on an episode of Freaks uh, and Geeks? She's the actor. You'd know uh, Vice Principals. His uh, yeah, she ex-wife on Vice Principals. Oh, that's where I kept forgetting. Yeah, Yeah. she's been in like she was in Cougar Town or something. Uh, She's literally in hundreds of things. No, I, I see her face now. I know who you're talking about now. Thought that was funny, but that was my three famous people. Complete. Well, two of them were related, but the the other one was not at Disneyland, and one three out. famous people. But at the end of the day, how famous? <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Well, Busy's pr- she had she's she probably had, the most famous. She you had saw. A, like the private companion with her, so the person was like showing, like you know, taking them behind the scenes, walking them onto rides and shit like that. Brooke. And Robin just fucking walking down Hollywood land by also, themselves. Also, they probably, they probably don't even want or need anybody with them either. They probably just want yeah, to be kicking at their brothers. Giant seven-footers. And when no one was looking at them, you know. It's, yeah. There's so much shit going on there. But it makes me wonder, how many people am I walking past not even noticing? But it's know? funny because Brooke Lopez is actually really good. Like, he actually... Let's not forget how great he was in the playoffs. He's from spectacular. I did not... I've, I forgot Robin got and drafted he, the Bucks. Didn't he just play on the Team USA also? Yeah, he was there. So there's that too. That's good stuff. Um, all right. Well, should we uh, shift gears and uh, get some NFL talk going? A yeah. little recap action. Yeah, we got uh, another week in the books. So we're a quarter of the way through a season already, which is crazy to think about. But that's just how it works. Short season. It is crazy how quickly it does so, go. Talk about some of the games. Um, last Thursday we had a premier matchup: Packers Eagles. That game did delivered. It did. Yes. It was a good game. Uh, I think what hurt the Packers at the end there was uh, Devontae Adams getting hurt because when they were on the goal line, they were on the goal line with about nine minutes left down by what? Four or something or six or something, whatever. They were down by more than three. Let's just put it that way. And Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, they just did not want to run and they passed it four straight times. And they even talked about how in those goal line situations, Devontae Adams is one of, if not like the best in the league over the past couple of years in like red zone touchdowns or something. And uh, he had injured his ankle so he or his foot, so he wasn't in there at the time and ended up being a turnover on down. And then the Packers got it back again with like three minutes left and Rodgers drove them down. But I'll tell you, they were driving, I think, a big play. It was unfortunate for the Eagles, but I think it also helped was when their cornerback got hurt really bad and there was like a 10-minute delay. And I honestly think that Kind of took Green Bay out of the rhythm. Like, you know, some players will fake injuries yeah. to get to stop the thing. Well, obviously, this wasn't a fake injury. This was a really serious one. He was stretchered off. But in a weird way, it kind of came at a great time for the Eagles, in my opinion. And it kind of cut the rhythm out. And then also on top of that, when you see your teammate get carted off, it fires you up. Like, you're out there now like, okay, wait a minute. I want to – I'm a little more amped up now. We want to do this for him. Let's get a stop. And I think it was two plays later – tipped ball interception and it's all she wrote 
But Eagles needed that game more than uh, the Packers did. I mean, yeah. sure, the Packers wanted to start 4-0. They'd have themselves a nice two-game lead in that division if they were 4-0, but they, uh, the Eagles were desperate for that win, you know, to get themselves 2-2 because they would have dropped to 1-3. and All of a sudden, they would have been in, uh, down at the bottom area because the Giants are 2-2 two and two now. Yeah, I think what's, uh, what was kind of crazy about that game was that how similar it was to the Seahawks Super Bowl at the end there where they they ran on first down from like the five and got like three yards, now they're at the two. Okay. And it just seemed like, okay, just maybe keep running. But uh, Eagles didn't call timeout, clock was running, and the Packers made the same decision we're going to throw, and they did a similar type of play, a quick throw over the middle, and uh, those are dangerous. They got popped up in the air. And it was like the same exact sequence of events that happened. And I, I never thought that the uh, the Seahawks call to actually pass was a bad thing. I think I think it gave them flexibility that if you pass on second down, you can run or pass on third down. And the defense doesn't know what you're doing and that kind of stuff. But it was just kind of crazy that like to see that again. It was like flashbacks. Uh, just uh, I think I think the throw over the middle like that is just dangerous yeah. because you might have yeah, it might get jumped. But in this case. It just it was a fluke. Ball got popped in the air, and there's in the shorter field. There's guys all around, and you knew it was going to get caught. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think both teams are are fine. I think uh, not only did the Eagles win, but the uh, Cowboys ended up losing, which helps them. Yeah, that was another good game since we're on that subject already. Yeah, another prime time. That was the other prime time game of the weekend, or of the week, I guess, starting from Thursday was, uh, yeah, the Saints-Cowboys. And that game honestly went to about what I expected. I actually, I didn't have any action on the game, but I did say I liked the under because I just knew that the Saints have that great front line. And even with Breeze out, sure enough, they talked about how uh, Ezekiel Elliott never had a carry above six yards in that game or six yards or more. They completely shut down Elliott. And uh, it's a hard place to play regardless. And Bridgewater, you know, he's able to just move the ball. I mean, they beat him without a touchdown. They had four field goals. The only touchdown of that game came from the Cowboys, and I don't even remember who caught it. I think it was uh I think it was kind of a random person. Like a random back receiver. Backup tight end. I don't, know. I don't know, but that was their only touchdown. Actually, you know what? No. I think Elliot might have ran it in. That seems about right. Yeah, Elliot ran it in. But um that was like the goal line though. But yeah, Saints looked good. Uh I'll tell you right now, there's probably some value in the Saints because if you would have put money on them the moment uh, Breeze got hurt because they say he's only out six weeks, but they're 2-0 without him. That defense looks good, and once Breeze comes back, you know you still have a solid ground game. You have good receivers for the most part. I don't really know who is their number two receiver other than Thomas. It's still like – I mean, Ted Ginn still – I was going to say, yeah, does. my God, dude. Um, Yeah, there's that other guy. I'm blanking on his name. He's a rookie last year. I think he's – uh, but, yeah, they just doesn't matter. They have yeah, different types of targets. Um, going into the season, there were a lot of smart people who said, you know, the Saints are actually top to bottom the best team. And yeah. we're not even expecting Drew Brees to be all that great because he had kind of a decline last year. Yeah. And they were still really good. Still won 13 games. So you plug in a guy who's at least solid and they're still – the defense still – takes care of it and yeah i really do like that that rush defense from the saints i think them and the bears rush defense man it's it's good it's hard to go against those two teams with their rush defense and uh yeah 
So they're they're perfectly set up for Bridgewater to carry them through for. Yeah, well, they were the already season. they were already saying that if they were to go three and three, that would be a win, and they're already two and zero. Oh, so I mean, they're probably going to end up having a winning record without Breeze there. If they can somehow go like five and one, I mean, four and two would still be incredible. But if they were to be able to go like five and one, then that's really going to be something. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like the uh, there's a great challenger in the NFC either. I mean, you said you like the Bears, the Packers are there. Uh, one team that uh, really uh, didn't show up in the NFC. Oh yeah, I already know where you're going. Is the uh, Los Angeles Rams? Yeah, I was almost going to say earlier. Speaking of, I don't know. I was going to say like rush defense because the Rams didn't have any defense on Saturday. I mean Sunday. Probably yeah, Saturday which. Either. Which is surprising. I think I said in this podcast last week, I like how their defense played. I liked Fowler and Matthews off the edge. And it's like, because yeah. they, they frustrated the hell out of Cleveland. And it looked like maybe this Rams defense is really good. And then. Yeah. And the thing is with Cleveland is Cleveland's offensive line is not that great. And they definitely exposed that. They were able to put pressure on Baker Mayfield. And then this week it was the opposite. It looked like the Rams' offensive line wasn't good, and the Buccaneers were able to get pressure on Goff. They hurried him almost every time. And I'll tell you, we've been saying for a while, I mean, we've we've had no doubt about it, even when they've been bad. We've been saying for a while, it's not a bad offense that Tampa Bay has. They have great receivers. You know, Godwin, this is Godwin's second year now, right? Was he a rookie last year? I feel like he's older, but he kind of like broke out last year. Okay. So now he's a breakout player. So it was always like, oh, you have Mike Evans. And then I remember when they added Deshaun Jackson, it was like, ooh, they got Evans and Jackson. But Jackson didn't really do much. But now you have Evans and Godwin. So now you – I mean, honestly, I can't think off the top of my head a better wide receiver duo. Yeah, I mean, but that was going into the season, I think. If you if you followed fantasy, I feel like Godwin was – He's a top, top ten. He was the top number two, maybe, maybe uh, Diggs. But yeah, Diggs and Thielen was the other one you could think of off the top of your head that maybe was a good, better duo. But I can't think of a better receiving duo right now. And the biggest question mark was going to be is how's Jameis Winston going to do? And he's not looking bad. And you take away the fact that last week or two games ago now against the Giants, their kicker misses a 32-yard field goal to win the game. They were down by one. He misses a 32-yard field goal. If he makes that extra point range field goal this Tampa Bay team's three and one and if you were to look at their wins it would have been home against the Giants which is whatever but at Carolina and at the Rams oh that's not bad I mean and the team they lost to at home was the Niners and uh the Niners haven't lost yet so this Tampa Bay team might be there might be some little bit of value with them I think Tampa Bay is going to be one of those teams this year where I think you are going to have to buy high sell low did I say that right? Buy low, sell high. <laughs> because right now, I think if they're still not getting much respect and they're getting a good amount of points, or if they're only favored by a little bit against a team that they're better than, then I would jump on them. But if they continue to win, then I think they'll get to a point where they get a little overvalued, and then you might want to start going against Tampa Bay. That's usually how things work. But right now, I think there's definitely some some value in Tampa Bay games, especially if you see them as road underdogs. I mean, they're they're 2-0 and on the road this year and 0-2 at home, so... There's a. Yeah, there. I think the the worry is always consistency with. Oh yeah, of course it's a long season. I mean, he was a joke week one. He threw two pick sixes and it's like, wow, this guy's never. And that's get what it. they've always been saying is that's his problem is if like he's and he he ended up throwing a pick six against the Rams also. So yeah, he is prone to make those mistakes, which is the problem there. But 
That was definitely the most high-scoring game of the week, a 55 to 40. You would have thought you were watching a Mac college game or something. You didn't. Yeah. And I'd hold off on uh, burying the Rams here, but uh, I do want to see if maybe they expose some weaknesses in that defense. The secondary has some issues. Um, but it's a good sign the Rams scored 40. That's They looked much more like their selves from the first half of last season. So that's got to be encouraging. Jared Goff looked lost sometimes, but also he has those three great receivers, and they were able to – you know, make yeah, Cooper plays. Cup makes so much difference for him. Having Cooper Cup is such a blessing for him. Yeah, well, uh, moving on, another important game. Pats, Bills, meeting of import, uh, undefeated teams. Defensive struggle as I think we expected, but I don't think we expected the Pats offense to look as poor as it did. That They were really lucky. They got a blocked punt for a touchdown. They really didn't do much on the ground at all, or much on offense at all um they're already missing antonio brown it seems like yeah i don't know they're they also have some problems. I, i've been saying this too that pay, that patriot schedule has been soft also i mean yeah i mean the steelers were the probably the supposed to be on paper at least the best team they've played and they rolled over them and then you get to go play the dolphins which was a murder and then they go play the jets which was also i mean they they basically quit that game and halfway through the third when they took out brady for a little bit until the backup threw a pick six. And then they go and they play the Bills, who are a good team. It was on the road. But the Bills' defense looks for real, man. They held them pretty good. They had an interception on Brady in the end zone. But uh, who knows what could have happened. Josh Allen got hurt. Was it the third or fourth quarter? It was early in the fourth. Okay. And then Matt Barkley came in, who I didn't even know was still alive. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, I was going to say, for, for coming in in that situation against the Patriots – just being thrown in there, he looked pretty good. Yeah, the game but, interception was and a he, hit ball. He got them down there, so it's like you just wonder if he got them down there, what would Allen have done? Yeah, and Allen's really shown over his career to be like a comeback kind and of guy. And Allen also, we talked about this, was one of the best, or I think the best, fantasy quarterback to end uh, the year last year, like the last month of the season. And he's started right where he left off. He's looked great this year, run, running the ball and passing, so... Starting to become that uh, that uh, quarterback that you know people expected when he was drafted so high. So the Buffalo Bills, man, you almost start just cheering for them because of just those fans. Those fans are just so crazy. They had a I don't know if you saw this at halftime of that game. They had a wedding. Yeah, I didn't know that. A fan got married at halftime at a Buffalo Bills game. Pretty. Uh, <laughs> That's just sweet. who those people are. It's incredible. It's one of those things that I think everyone would be able would enjoy experiencing one of these days if you just went to a Bills game and just acted like you were a monster Bills fan. Just have the time of your life. Wow. Yeah. Well, I I think everyone should uh watch the Patriots, see how they continue to do. They might go fourteen and two and be worse than they were last year. Yeah, I still uh their offense looks Personally I still my money would be on this the Chiefs still to win the AFC. I still I just think they're too good and they don't even have Tyree Kill right now once he gets back that he's going to have even more weapons and all those guys are so fast Tyree Kill's fast Hardman is fast that Robinson guy's fast I mean it's insane and you get and Mahomes just throws darts I mean these guys beat him he's going to throw a dart to these guys I mean I just think this is I'm going to stand by it I just think this is the cheers it was a, a good sign that they had one of these games this week where 
It's like, hey, why are they losing? Uh, what's going on here? And they were able to pull it out. So, you know, it's always a good sign that, you know, a good team will win when even when they're not at their best. And that's what they did this week against Detroit, who actually Detroit might be not bad. I know I picked them in their beginning of the season to be better than most people expected, but not like a playoff team at all. But they've, they've shown some things. They're, I think they're just a, a solid team on both sides of the ball. And uh, that could get them to nine and seven. I like that Galladay. So he's a big target. Yeah, uh, big red zone guy. And honestly, they they fumbled what twice in like the end, yeah, like in the inside the like three. The big one was they fumbled at the one, got returned for a touchdown. And that was smart. And that's what the refs are doing now. They've been told don't prematurely blow the whistle. They let the the guy picked it up and he ran all the way back. They let the play go. They reviewed it, and it would be one of those things where if it wasn't a fumble. Or if he was down by, if they recovered and it was down by contact, they would say it. But if not, don't take away the touchdown. Also, if you notice on that play, I think it was Galladay maybe. They stopped. Uh, he went right by him and he kind of just like pushed him. You know, like they do like thinking the play's dead. But that's why you're taught not to, uh, you know, I mean, to play through the whistle. Yeah. Uh, another intriguing game this week was the Browns-Ravens that, you know, I was – you know, on the Browns there, because I thought, okay, Baltimore is a little overrated. I think people are kind of turning on Cleveland. But then I saw right before the game that Cleveland's two starting corners were going to be missed the game. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, this is setting up perfectly for Baltimore. They've had kind of a weak schedule early. It's made Lamar Jackson look really good. And I thought, oh, this is another one of these. He's going he's gonna, to – I mean, while Baltimore's – or while Cleveland has a great pass rush, not having those corners is going to – make it easy for Baltimore to move the ball. And I was just totally wrong that Cleveland really played him well, but the, the, the real story of the game was how Cleveland did whatever they wanted on offense against the Ravens who historically have always had good defenses. And that's always what you just, you just assume their defense is going to be like top five, top 10. And then whatever the offense gives you is, is a bonus. So it's like, wow, if they have a real offense, they must be great. But I think it's a, the days of the great Baltimore defense maybe, maybe over. They don't have that front seven talent. They lost C.J. Mosley. Yeah, Terrell Suggs even moved on. Has Mosley even come back for the Jets yet? No. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, no. They. Uh, I agree. It's going to be. You're, I think you're, those days of the Ravens are over. You're going to probably start seeing more high scoring Ravens games where it's like Lamar Jackson is able to move the ball. They have a good ground game. Uh, they have young receivers. Uh, Lamar Jackson is exciting to watch. So wow, he runs the ball, and yeah, like the, like you said, uh, teams are able to score on him. So, but uh, shall we talk about our teams? Sure. I mean, there's not much to talk about. You know, Chargers easy win against the Dolphins. Melvin Gordon was suited up, but I think that was just a precaution, just in case uh, Eckler or Pope got hurt. Eckler had another amazing game, two touchdowns been a great fantasy guy for me it's and i have melvin gordon also so i'm excited melvin gordon's coming back but it's like we don't have a flex in this league so it's almost like i have nowhere to put eckler so i feel bad having eckler on my bench but i mean i'd rather him be on my bench than someone else's lineup so whatever and honestly there might be nights and the times where i'm just like fuck it i'll start both because honestly they could and my the league i'm in the way point system works i could probably get good points from both of them starting but it'll be interesting because there's no way they can stop using eckler Eckler has been... Well, he already got a lot of usage last year. But yeah, I think after what's happened so far, they're going to have to give him yeah. more touches. And uh, 
for my team, the Steelers, Monday Night Football, the disrespect only being favored by three and a half points at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. And that was I was excited about that game. I Steelers looked good. The defense looked good. It seemed like that's what they paid for also was, you know, they knew that if they were going to win games, they were going to have to make that defense really good. And the defense looked great last night, sacking Dalton eight times. Uh, held the Bengals to three points, and that three points came because the Steelers fumbled at their own 15 and held Cincinnati to a field goal. So you take away that fumble, Steelers might have shut the Bengals out last night. So, And you know what was great about that, too, is they did it with Juju not even really doing anything. Juju only had like two catches or something. James Conner caught a touchdown, but even on the ground, he's not doing good. The Steelers put a lot of wildcat in there with Samuels and Conner. That rookie that I liked that they drafted out of Toledo caught a touchdown. I'm still optimistic about my team. They're only a game out of the of the of the division. They have they're one and in the division now. They play at home versus Baltimore this week, and I was looking at their schedule and it it uh it flattens out a little bit. They have like Miami in there at some point. The the Jets things. I f- I think they're playing the whole AFC East this year, so uh, it'll be interesting. They also though Andy, in a couple weeks they do oh, play I, I Sunday night football. Chargers and Steelers. There was a, a big push to get the Rams Niners flexed to Sunday night. It's too early, though, I and think. Yeah, and they said no because they know that's a big matchup. And then also it, it is too early. I mean, I get it. Roethlisberger's out. You're thinking like, oh, that game's not going to be fun. But I believe it was Sunday Night Football last year when it they was, played. Yeah. And I the Steelers were up by like two touchdowns or something. Game. And yeah. fucking blew that. I remember I lost some money on that game. I was pissed. I was pissed. Yeah, and uh, be a great matchup between uh, T.J. Watt and the trash that is the Chargers' offensive line. So that I think that'll be the key matchup of that game. That's two weeks away, but still, can they uh, make sure that they don't give up eight sacks in a game? We will see. Yeah, we will see. Whoop whoop! Is that uh, any more football chatter? We might have one oh. more. You wouldn't oh. be Andy if you didn't. Yeah, one more development we have to talk about is that the. Uh, Kyle Allen is 2-0 as a starter of the Carolina Panthers. Okay, well then. And we got a little maybe controversy going here. Ooh. When is Cam going to be healthy? And do they replace him if this guy continues to win? I think so. I mean, And also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two impressive wins, right? So was on it? the road against Houston. And okay, and then Arizona. I, I couldn't remember if they played but Arizona. It was a, they smacked Arizona. Yeah. Like, they 40, did, yeah. 20 or something, so. Yeah, so that's impressive then. That's a road win, your first start as a professional, I believe, but, I mean, right? Going on the road and, you know, going against J.J. He hasn't even gotten to play at home yet, and I imagine they're at home this week. I don't know who they're playing. but yeah, Probably I, a divisional game. Yeah. But uh, also, and then if we're going to talk about him, we got another Daniel Jones 2-0. Uh, I mean, I don't care. They played Washington, who was below any sort of professional level. Well, we've got some really, really bad teams right now. Yeah, the Dolphins, Dolphins are bad. I think the Jets right now, without Darnold, without Mosley, without Quinn and Williams, I think they're the worst team in the NFL. They didn't play this week, so we didn't. I think we forgot. They would have lost though if they did. I'm sure they'll lose whoever they're going to play this week. See, at but least I, they, yeah. all these teams have to play each other because the Jets and Dolphins are in the same di- division. Oh uh, yeah, what's going to happen know, in that game? I'm pretty sure the, <laughs> somehow they'll both lose. Yeah. I think and they'll the, give the win to the Patriots. Yeah, the Redskins and uh, the Dolphins do play. Oh boy. Maybe this week even? I know I know they play soon. So that will be uh 
Oh no, Redskins play the Patriots this week. That's why oh, I was like, yeah, that's right. Patriots, yeah, that Patriots have easiest schedule alive. So the Panthers are at home against the Jaguars. He can, I, I see him going three zero. Then these are uh, the cat teams that came in together in like ninety five, right? And it looks to me like the Dolphins have a bye this week. Yes, they do, which is for the better for them. Probably they need a week off to just never. Although Rosen looked pretty decent in the first half, and then the Chargers decided to blitz, and he looked completely lost. So, well, I believe uh, that should be it then for the sports. Yeah, that'll do it. Well, you've been listening to episode one hundred and thirty-six of the Tony Stick Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me we had off-road Andy. Bye, <laughs> and Tony Boo Cats. Boo-boo. See you later.